Amen. All right. Well, hey, folks, uh, believe it or not, one of the things I found when I was uh, cleaning out my office when I was kind of moving in was uh, I found this kind of like diary thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wait till you hear what happened on this day. <laughs> anyway, the person said this. They said, as a bagpiper, I play many gigs. And uh, recently, I was asked by a funeral director to play a, at a graveside service for this homeless man. And he had no friends or family, and, and so the service was at a pauper cemetery on the uh, far corner of Las Vegas, way out in the back country. And, well, I was not familiar with the backwoods of Vegas, and so I got lost. And being a typical guy, I didn't stop and ask for directions. And so I finally arrived an hour late, and I noticed that the funeral guy had already gone, and the hearse was nowhere in sight. But then I noticed the, the diggers and the crew were still there, and, and they were eating lunch. So I, I felt bad about the whole thing, and I apologized to them for being late and all, and and I went to the side of the grave and I looked down and the vault lid was already in place there. And I, I, I didn't know what else to do. So I just began to play my bagpipes. Well, the workers, they put down their lunches and, and began to gather around me there. And I played my heart and soul out for this man with no family and friends. I played like I've never played before for this homeless man. And as I stood there and I played amazing grace on the bagpipes there, the, the workers began to weep and they wept. I wept. We all wept together. And, and when I had finished, I, I, I packed up my bagpipes and I started for my car. And, and though my head was hung low, my heart was so full. And, and, and as I was opening the door to my car, I heard one of the, the workers say, I've never seen nothing like that before. And I've been putting in septic tanks for 20 years. <laughs> Get this, that was the day Pastor Jim switched to the trumpet. <laughs> Can you believe that? Uh, I need to clean out my office more often. But uh, anyway, seriously, how many guys would say that day, man, apparently Pastor Jim had a serious rude awakening. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he switched his tune just like that uh, uh, according to the circumstances. But folks, you know the theme. Unfortunately, Pastor Jim is not alone. The Bible says that the whole planet is going to be switching their tune because they're going to have a serious rude awakening at the rapture of the church, okay? And that's because they just entered into the seven-year tribulation. And folks, that is no joke. For those of you who do not know the seven-year tribulation, it's not a party. Are you kidding me? Read the Bible. It's an outpouring of God's wrath on a wicked and rebellious planet. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 24, it's going to be a time of greater horror than anything this world has ever seen or will ever see again. And listen, unless that time of calamity was shortened, God would wipe out the entire human race. But praise God, as we've been seeing, God's not just a God of wrath. He's going to have the last word on evil and suffering. That's good news. But the even uh, better news for those of us who are still here, he's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, he's given us a heads up. He's given us many, many warning signs to let us know, folks, when the tribulation was near and when the second coming of Jesus Christ was rapidly approaching. Therefore, to keep you and I here at sunrise from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, you talk about a serious, rude awakening. We're going to continue our study. That's right, the final countdown. And if you've been with us so far, we've already seen the number 10 sign on the final countdown was the Jewish people. And the last two times we saw the number nine sign was modern technology. And what we saw was that God lovingly foretold you and I, here's your heads up, is that when we see across this world a massive increase of travel, information, and unrest, and last time, an increase of, of Bible fulfillment. Specifically, we saw the death of the two witnesses, the deception of the false prophet, and the death and the demands of the Antichrist, i.e. we have the technology right now for the first time in mankind's history to pull off those passages without even really even having to think too much about it. It's here. The Bible says you better wake up. Like it, lump it, leave it or not. You're living in the last days. 
But that's not all, folks. That's not the only sign. God, he's amazingly uh, love that he's given us to wake us up before it's too late, okay? Uh, It's a countdown. I just finished number nine, and Jenna, I'm still preaching on this, so guess what? There's got to be more. That's right. (laughs) There's got to be more, and there is. The number eight sign on the final countdown is boom! Worldwide upheaval. Can I translate that for you? It's called the planet is going to get really messed up before Jesus comes back. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to his. Open your Bibles to Matthew 24. Matthew 24 is the text we're going to be taking a look at this morning. Matthew 24, verses 1 through 8 is the context here. And it's just a classic passage. We're going to also, Lord willing, see the parallel passage in Luke, okay, with this, uh, for another nugget of truth that Jesus shares with us concerning the last days. And the context is the disciples are going to clearly ask him, how do we know? What's, what's going to be some signs that we're getting close to your second coming? Okay, they of course thought it was going to happen then and there at the first coming, but the second coming. Stalled enough time, Matthew 24. Let's take a look at what Jesus says. Signs of the times, verses 1 through 8. Here's what it says. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked? (laughs) I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down, and that's exactly what happened? And as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and says, well, well, tell us, when, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the what? The age. And Jesus said, first thing, watch out that no one deceives you. Why? Because many are going to come in my name claiming I am the Christ. And unfortunately, listen, will deceive many. He says, that's not all. He says, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be what? Famines and what? Earthquakes in various places, i.e. around the world. And he says, believe it or not, folks, as bad as that is, all these things are what? The beginning of the birth pains, okay? Now, folks, the scoffer is going to take a look at this passage, unfortunately, and, and I don't know if you've heard this before, but they usually state something like this. Oh, okay, famines, so what? Famines, shamans. We've always had famines throughout man's history. What's the big deal, okay? Why should I listen? But that's the very point that Jesus said that we know that we are headed, uh, folks, for the last days, is that there's going to be an increase of some serious famines, okay? Scoffer's gonna say it's no big deal. We've always had famines, but listen, folks, we have not seen famines like what we see today. Yeah, we've always had them, but not like we see right now. In the last century alone, folks, we've gone uh, from nothing uh, short of an explosion of worldwide famines, okay? For instance, listen to this. The World Health Organization estimates, folks, that right now, okay, one-third of the world is well-fed, another one-third is underfed, and right now, folks, as we're sitting in this sanctuary, one-third of our planet is starving to death right now. That's different. That's never happened before. Just in the 1990s alone, 100 million children starved to death. And a total of 4 million people are going to die this year alone. Which if you start doing the math, folks, uh, uh, by the time we're done with today's sermon, you're going to have another couple hundred people die just due to food shortages. But the question is, how can there be such an increase like this of worldwide famine when we are living in the most technologically advanced era ever? So we saw the last two weeks. Well, if you do the research, some of it's caused by war. We'll get to that, Lord willing, next week. Uh, Embargoes, uh, government corruption, and economic debt, just to name a few. But it's also caused, believe it or not, by overzealous environmentalists who have uh, stirred up restrictions on the usage of fertilizers, which is one of the reasons why, listen, 12,000 square miles a year of Africa is turning into desert. Doesn't sound like you're saving the earth to me. 
And speaking of deserts, Africans are not the only one with the problem. So are the Chinese, which you start to look at this aspect, which we don't seem to hear in America. We don't hear about it. Maybe this is why they're wanting to maybe gain some territory. Right now, folks, today, it isn't just Africa. Right now, China is losing 4,000 square miles of land every single year to deserts. And just one of their famines, folks, killed an estimate of 20 to 43 million people. Right now in China, one-third of their total land mass is covered by desert in the form of massive drifting sand dunes. But it's not just Africa, folks. It's not just China. Listen to this. Around the world right now, a land area bigger than the whole state of Texas on our planet is becoming deserts every single year. And no matter with all of our technology we can throw at it, folks, all of our efforts to reverse it, the deserts just keep coming. Here's my point, and guess what? There's a side effect. It's called famine. In fact, let's take a look at just how bad the famines are, folks, right now with this video again. Let's take a look. wine because our french fries are cold. Folks, I'm telling you, as gut-wrenching as that is, it's being projected to get even worse. And I quote, folks, these are recent articles. There are fears over our global food supply. Wheat prices have gone through the roof. Countries are suffering their worst droughts on record. Food shortages have been the worst in the last 30 years. And quote, it's spawning many riots in many different countries right now. And just in the Horn of Africa alone, another 800,000 children are expected to die. And unless you think we're safe here in America, folks, you're wrong. 
And I quote, article, drought is spreading across 14 states from Florida to Arizona. In fact, here's the actual photo, folks, as you can see from the government. You can see it's starting clearly all the way from the East Coast. It's been spreading up and it's made it all the way through Texas, folks, and it's continued on to the West Coast. That's the actual photo. Check it out yourself. And look at Texas, folks, it's completely covered. And that's why, and I quote, the, the state of Texas, the US Department of Agriculture has designated all 254 counties of Texas as a natural disaster area. Looks like it's kind of spreading just like what's happening with Africa and China, even here in America. And that's why one guy said, and I quote, this is quite serious. Another person stated this, we are headed for a global crisis. Listen to this, one that would match the current one in the banking sector. Is the banking sector kind of messed up around the world? He's talking about our food supply. Now here's my whole point with our text, folks. As bad as that is right now, believe it or not, that's nothing compared to what's coming. What did Jesus say about these signs of, of famine? He said, these are just birth pains. This is chump change compared to the big one that is to come. Ladies, you know this. He's using the same analogy. Ladies, how many uh, found out that the closer you got to the actual birth of your child, the pains got bigger and bigger and worse and worse? I was, I'm st I've said it before. I'll say it again. I was there just watching. I'm still scarred, okay? Major pain, okay? But that's what he uses. Jesus said all this that I just recapped for you, that's just a burp. That's just a little contraction, little baby wood, compared to the big giant one that's coming. In fact, let's take a look at that. What he's talking about, Revelation chapter six, here's the big one that's coming, famine. Verses five through six, when the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come. And I looked and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures say, a quart of wheat for a day's wages and three quarts of barley for a day's wages and do not damage the oil and the wine. And folks, just to do a, re, a quick recap on that passage, the Bible says in the last days, during the seven-year tribulation, there's going to be a famine. And according to that text, the famine conditions are going to be so bad, folks, that the whole world is going to be on some sort of global food distribution program. And Lord willing, we have the technology and the means and the pieces in place to actually pull that off. Lord willing, maybe we can get that at a different time. But what did it say there, okay? This time for the food program, you are, number one, you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to work a whole day just to get some food on the planet. And then it says you only got two options for food. You can work a whole day of work just to get one quart of wheat, or you can work a whole day to get three quarts of barley, okay? That's your options during this global famine, is what it says there. And for those of you who do not know, barley, back in the day, folks, was basically poor man's food. It was pretty much just animal food, like stuff you'd feed the cattle and stuff like that, okay? And so this tells us that the famine in the seven-year tribulation that is coming, folks, is so bad. Listen. This is coming, this is not make-believe. All that we just saw, it's just a birth pain. It's gonna be so bad you could work your tail off for one whole day and you could maybe get some sort of normal food just for you. But if you got a family, you have to work a whole day and you only get enough for three, but the food is animal food just to stay alive. That's what the Bible says. That's why Jesus, out of love, is warning us when you start to see these things increase like this, you better wake up because you don't want to be there. Unless you have a hard time uh, conceptualizing what that kind of life might be where you're eating animal food just to stay alive, maybe we can see what's happening to this family right now 
and they help us get us a taste what it's going to be like. Let's take a look how this family is surviving. Let's take a look. Twelve million people are affected by this severe drought and this famine. Six hundred or more thousand children are acutely malnourished. This is really like teetering on the brink of life and death. The center of this crisis is the Horn of Africa. This is Somalia and Ethiopia and Kenya are the three main countries involved here. Where it's worst right now is in Somalia. This is the most significant humanitarian crisis in the world today. The largest refugee camp in the world is growing day by day because of people who are escaping their country because of instability and just a simple lack of food and water. This happens family by family. One mom and dad waking up in the morning and realizing there's nothing left and they have to go. These families are setting out on a road trip, usually on foot, and they're doing it in the most hazardous environment you can imagine. They're at risk of wild animals, banditry, people who don't wish them well. And it's scary. One family really stands out in my mind uh, that is a reflection on what's really happening. They have a son about three years old, as old as my daughter, who became so desperate that he ate dirt just to have something in his body. This is what parents have to deal with in the middle of nowhere where their child dies. Right now, a family is eating dirt to try to stay alive. Man, that, that puts all of our problems right down to here, doesn't it? Nothing. Let me explain to you guys the general rule in biblical interpretation. It goes something like this. Anything that we can come up with in our minds movie screen, news report, to try to explain a text. The general biblical rule is it's nothing in comparison to the actual reality. So let's be faithful Bible interpreters. Put yourself right now in that family's shoes that's trying to stay alive and they're eating dirt. As bad as that is, it's nothing compared to what is to come in the seven-year tribulation. What did Jesus say? All this stuff, all these signs, it's just a birth pain. It's a tiny one, a little bitty burp compared to what is to come. And that means if you continue to refuse to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your family, you are going to end up worse than that family eating dirt. Hey, folks, I think once you look at the facts, we can clearly see our world is being shriveled up like never before. Yes, we may have always had famines, but nothing on the scale that we see today, exactly like the Bible said would happen when you were living in the last days, but that's not all. Let's take a look at the second sign that Jesus said there. He said, how do you know you're headed for worldwide upheaval? How do you know you're getting close? Well, you're gonna see an increase of earthquakes 
is what he says there. If you're paying attention to that opening text, let's take a look at that passage once again. Matthew 24, verses 3, 7, and 8. Let's take a look. As the Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, hey, tell us, man, when will this happen? What's going to be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Well, what did he say? There's going to be famines. We just saw that. And number two, what? earthquakes in various places, i.e. around the world. And once again, folks, all that, it's just the beginning of birth pains. It's not the big one that's coming down the pike. And again, unfortunately, the scoffer is going to take a look at this passage and they're going to say, so what, Christian? Why should I listen to you? Earthquakes, earthquakes. We've always had earthquakes. Yeah, I agree. We've, we've always had earthquakes, at least after the flood. Okay. And, uh, but nothing like we see today, if you're paying attention, Folks, I'm telling you, we had better wake up. In the last century alone, we have seen nothing short of an explosion of worldwide quakes like uh, never before. In fact, there's a very interesting thing that's happening to our planet right now, folks. Did you know the planet is cracking up? And I quote, scientists are sounding the alarm. Mysterious cracks are appearing all across the planet right now. In fact, let's just take a look at a couple of them to give you an idea of what's happening to our planet. Okay, in South America, folks, scientists do not know what to think about South America, listen to this, busting at the seams. Okay, uh, in southern Peru, just one instance, there suddenly appeared a huge crack almost two miles long, nearly 330 feet wide. Scientists are confused with this fact, and cracks also appeared in neighboring Bolivia. But that's just South America. In Iceland, there's this lake, Klefarten. This lake is disappearing due to a giant crack that all of a sudden appeared in the earth. Listen to this, this is cool. The crack leads directly into the lake and disappears beneath the water. Listen, if you put your ear to the ground, you can hear the lake draining. It sounds like water going down a sink. Hey, if this keeps on happening to the water supply and it gets sucked into the earth, that's going to make famine even that much more. Worse, interesting, but that's not at all. Africa, a 1,640-foot giant long crack appeared in Africa just in a few days that normally scientists said that should have taken many, many years. It happened in just a few days. And scientists believe this tear in the Earth's continental crust could eventually isolate Ethiopia and Eritrea from the rest of Africa, okay? But that's not all, folks. Lest you think it's just uh, over there and once again, we're protected in America, you're wrong, okay? Listen, we expect this kind of, you know, cracks in the ground, earthquakes uh, in California, you know, those typical places. Have you been paying attention, folks? They're happening in weird places in our country. One of them, folks, that just happened was in Michigan. What? Yeah. Hey, folks, you can see the actual picture. One day, the land was flat and filled with trees, shooting straight in the air. 24 hours later, there's a 600-foot long crack, four feet deep, twisting its way through the woods. Here's the actual local news report recording it for us. Let's take a look. A Michigan family's property has a sudden, unexplained divide in it. Eight miles north of Menominee in Birch Creek, a large, unexplained crack runs 200 yards through the family's property. Now, they think it happened around 9 o'clock yesterday morning. The ground raised up five feet, taking trees along for the ride. Some cracks were up to two feet wide and five feet deep. The house shook, the chair shook, and that. And we checked around and didn't find nothing. And the log pile I had there was piled on the side of a hill, which when I piled it, the ground was like this. Now, family members say they don't know what caused this backyard to split in two, but neither do police. Hmm. I don't know. I got a theory. I'm kind of thinking the last days, Jesus said uh, you're going to experience some serious worldwide upheaval, and one of them is uh, the earth's going to start cracking up with quakes and stuff. And 
I don't know, maybe that's just me, but apparently, uh, folks, uh, that's what's going on. The earth is cracking up, okay? But that's not all. It isn't just the ground is cracking up in various places, big ones, other size, all over the planet. Listen, the earthquakes, have you noticed, they're not just getting numerous. Did you know they're getting bigger and numerous at the same time? Let's take a look, folks, at some of that proof, okay, at the earthquakes. This is just the 6.0 and greater, which, by the way, used to be big news, 6.0. Not that big anymore, right? But listen just to the 6.0 that just a few years ago was like, wow, stop the presses. But here's the 6.0. You tell me if they're not on the increase. From 1,000 to 1,800, a span of 800 years, there was 21 of them, okay? From 1,800 to 1,900, 100 years time span, there was 18 just in that time frame. Uh, 1910 to 1929, a span of 20 years, there was four. In 1930 to 1949, 20 years, it went up to nine, over double. 1950s alone in 10 years, there was nine. 1960s, there was 13. 1970s, there was 51. 1980s, there was 86. And just from 1990 to 94, five years, there was 100 plus. And if you don't think it's increasing, not even just here in America, I got some uh, stuff that I've been holding on to my uh, records, folks. This is the actual geological map, okay? Okay, and if you notice the date up there for reference, it's 2006, December 26, okay? Now, if you see up there, I'm gonna pop it up here for you. Just in the United States alone, uh, in 2006, of that day, just that week, folks, 454 earthquakes just in the United States. Now, for a point of reference, so you know that these things really are increasing, like Jesus said what happened in the last days, Let's fast forward, to, you can see the date up there, 2008. And on this day in 2008, there was 1,100 earthquakes just in the United States, just in one week. And if you still don't think that this is a trend, folks, this is from the actual USGS, okay? And this is just the earthquakes magnitude from six to eight, okay? It starts at 1,900, and you can see it spike tremendously in recent times. That's the official photo from the USGS, the Geological Society. Folks, you can laugh and scoff all you want, but when you start looking at the facts, man, uh, it's pretty obvious that earthquakes are on the rise. How about you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And keep in mind, although earthquakes last just a, a few seconds or a few minutes, the trail of destructions lasts for a long time. Okay, for instance, uh, because of this massive rise of earthquakes, each year they produce billions of dollars worth of damage. They kill thousands and thousands of people at one shot. In fact, one, I think it was the Tangshan uh, earthquake in China killed 255,000 people in one shot. That's just one earthquake, okay? They, they make thousands and thousands of people homeless, but that's still not all. Listen, it's getting worse. Jesus said it's just birth pains. And so just like in a birth, it gets worse the closer you get. And this is what scientists are saying. I'm gonna read some direct quotes. This increase of severe earthquakes has led scientists to predict we are entering, listen to this, a new period of great seismic disturbances. Can I translate that for you? Jesus said in the last days, earthquakes are gonna increase. One quake expert uh, said this, listen, the earth is cracking up. I just printed this out this week. He said, there is no doubt that something is seriously wrong. There have been too many strong earthquakes. They admit it. And speaking of a death toll uh, produced by earthquakes, they believe that they're only going to skyrocket due to this factor of the massive exodus of people moving out of the rural areas into the cities. Because sometimes, a lot of times, it's just where the jobs are or the food is. Okay, as you saw there. Now, the problem with this is that many of the cities just happen to be built on Fault lines, okay, poor planning. And because of this, scientists are now saying that we are entering a time when fatalities from quakes totaling three million people at a shot is not gonna be uncommon. 
But what did Jesus say? This is nothing, guys. This is nothing compared to what is to come. All that we just saw with the earthquakes and the trends on the rise, this is just a birth pain. It's this little tiny baby one compared to what is to come. Let's take a look at just one of the earthquakes in the seven-year tribulation. Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 through 14 says this, I watched and he opened the sixth seal. And the first thing that happened, what happened? Not just an earthquake. There was a great earthquake is what he said there. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red and the stars in the sky fell to the earth as late figs dropped from the fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and listen, every mountain and island on the planet was removed from its place. That's a big earthquake. Now, folks, uh, when you start moving the mountains and the islands from their places, you need to understand some side effects that are going on here. What that does is cause landslides, okay? And, and landslides, uh, big enough, uh, they can lead to these things called tsunamis, okay? Can you imagine the size of the landslides when every mountain and island is removed from its place? Could you imagine the size of the tsunami during the seven-year tribulation? Well, hey, I'm here for you. Let's see if we can depict maybe a little teaser of what it might be like if you unfortunately end up in that period. Let's take a look at what one landslide could do to the planet. Let's take a look. A massive landslide that took place earlier today on the volcanic island of La Palma. Eruptions this morning are believed to have split the island into two, collapsing half a trillion tons of rock into the ocean. Witnesses say this impact into the sea created a wave of over 500 meters high. That giant wave is now thought to be heading westwards across the Atlantic towards the coast of America. News of the wave may strike in less than five hours was greeted with mixed reactions in New York. What kind of wave? Sound wave? In four hours? My God. But aren't you worried about your own welfare? I mean, if this wave is coming, shouldn't we be getting out of here, all of us? I, I don't believe about it. I, I will hear about this. It's happened this morning? Get my bathing suit on, I guess, and just hope for the best. I don't know. This is Foxtrot Lima 99. I have a sighting. Confirm I have a sighting of the wave. Now deploying camera vision. It's heading west. Repeat, it's heading west. <laughs> actually better. We go through the tunnel every day. I think that's the best route. Might be. We should we use our time. Hours. They we said should, three hours. We should use our time. If we have three hours, we have plenty of time to get up to the to the GW bridge and take that. I would rather spend one hour trying to get through the tunnel than well, what if it's three trying to get up time. I think it's enough time. We've It's never been longer than that. The tunnel will fill up with water. It's not gonna fill up with water. We'll be out of it in the next half an hour. It's coming from the south. 
it's almost inconceivable how much damage this event will cause. And we're worried that somebody sat in our pew? Wow. Folks, that, that, that's just one visual example of one island, the landslide, creating one tsunami. What did the text say? Every mountain and island on the planet is going to be removed from its place. That's just one. You can laugh, you can scoff all you want, but the Bible says if you continue to refuse to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior now, you are headed for a reality worse than that because the biblical rule is this. Anything that we can come up with in our minds to try to explain it, including that video, it's nothing compared to the actual reality. In fact, Jesus said this is just a birth pain compared to what is to come. Exactly like the Bible warned about in the last days. But the third and final one we're gonna deal with today that Jesus talks about, evidence of worldwide upheaval, we are living in the last days, is you're gonna see an increase of pestilence, i.e. diseases. Let's go to the parallel passage now of Matthew 24 and Luke 21. Here's what Jesus adds uh, to this account. Luke 21, seven and 11 says, teacher they ask, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign they are about to take place? Well, here's what he says, there's gonna be great earthquakes, we just saw that. There's gonna be famines, he saw that. But what's the third one on the list there? pestilence, he says, in various places, i.e. around the world, and fearful events and great signs from the heaven. Ward willing, maybe we'll get to that one next week. But again, the scoffer's gonna take a look at this passage and they're gonna say, oh, so what, Christian whoop-de-doo-dah, pestilence, smestilence, whatever, we've always had outbreaks of diseases, what's the big deal, why should I listen now? And you're right, uh, that's true. We've always had outbreaks of diseases, okay, since the fall of man, okay, but here's the point, not like we see today. In the last century alone, we have seen nothing short of an explosion of worldwide pestilence like never before. In fact, even as recent as 1918, how many guys like history? All two of you, praise God, you'll understand the rest of you. Let's take some history today. Even as recent as 1918, we had the infamous influenza outbreak, which estimates are anywhere that one, very shortly, that one pestilence outbreak killed anywhere from 50 to 100,000 
30 million people on the planet. That wasn't that long ago, okay? Okay, and the reason why it spread so fast was it just so happens we had, for the first time in mankind's history, the global transportation system to help spread it, which again, modern technology comes into play to help that passage come fulfilled, okay? But yet, even as recent of an example of that, of pestilence breaking out worldwide, in 1979, listen, the U.S. Surgeon General made this arrogant statement, quote, it is time to close the books on infectious diseases. And apparently that's why that person is no longer the U.S. Surgeon General. Excuse me? <laughs> By the 1990s, man, instead of fading out of existence, infectious diseases have gone ballistic. Hey, folks, we've all heard of the AIDS virus, right? But did you, you don't hear about it much anymore. But did you know that millions of people right now have it worldwide and it's growing like wildfire? Did you know that in 1998, the combined wars in Africa killed 200,000 people? AIDS killed 10 times more than that. Did you also know that 75% of all HIV infections are now being spread via heterosexual contact? <laughs> but folks, I'm telling you, age is not the half of it. Diseases that were once considered conquered, such as tuberculosis, which I just printed out an article this week, is coming back like wildfire. They thought these things had gone out of existence. We have them completely under control. This article just says that they are projecting 10 million people might die of tuberculosis by 2015. And it isn't just that disease that's coming back. So is malaria, so is cholera, diphtheria, even the black plague. And they're not just coming back, folks. They're coming back with the vengeance. But the question is, well, how could this be? I mean, we saw the last two weeks. We live in such a technologically advanced era, especially even medically. I mean, how could this happen? Well, other than scientific experimentation, you got some biological warfare throw in there, population control issues, uh, it's actually due to an overuse of antibiotics, believe it or not. Okay, that's risen in these last days. And see, here's what's happened, because we have saturated ourselves with so many antibiotics, the diseases are mutating. And what's happening is they're becoming resistant to all known medication in these last days. And we got new ones cropping up. We got the SARS virus, we got the Ebola virus, we got the avian bird flu, just to name a few. In fact, uh, the avian bird flu, the new strain, uh, yet another new strain from Cambodia, has an 85% mortality rate. It's deadly, it's, and, and new ones are cropping up. Listen, this has alarmed the medical community so much that they have stated, quote, the emergence of bacteria strains that cannot be killed by our current arsenal of antibiotics has become a public health threat worse than AIDS. But you don't hear about it. In fact, in a meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science, even as far back as 1994, they saw it coming, guys. Scientists announced that they are, we are headed towards nothing short of a medical disaster. And the terms they're using to describe this medical disaster globally isn't just like bugs and flu and viruses. Now they're using terms like this, super bugs, super flu viral storm. And they're being used to describe the diseases right now across this world that are spiraling out of control. The World Health Organization says the situation has reached a critical point, quote, we could be dealing with the nightmare scenario of a worldwide spread of untreatable infections a pandemic that could be bust loose at any time. Like these guys say, let's take a look. 
The fear of a devastating new virus leaping from animals into humans and spreading across the globe is not just the stuff of Hollywood movies like Contagion. Can I go talk to her? Mr. Amos, your wife is dead. In 2002, 8,000 cases of SARS came from a virus in bats. In 2009, swine flu, the H1N1 virus, originated in pigs and killed 18,000 people. And then there's AIDS. 60 million people infected with HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. 25 million have died. And Rich, you've told me all day here that this really troubles you. You know, David, this is a problem that keeps me up at night. These bugs are getting stronger and there aren't any new drugs coming quickly. All this incredible connectivity of humans, the flights and the boats that are connecting all of us. So if one of the diseases emerges here, it can go everywhere. The most concerning thing to me is that less than 24 hours after I was in the jungles of Cameroon looking for the next pandemic virus, I was at a baseball stadium in Cooperstown, New York, watching my son play Little League. And if I were infected with the next contagion, I could have spread it to 5,000 people from 22 and states. And it would have just gone all over the world so quickly. Imagine a deadly disease carried across continents by millions of free-flying agents. That's the fear factor behind the so-called bird flu. Dr. Mark Siegel has been investigating the mechanisms of this disease as it progresses through Asia, China, the Pacific Islands, Africa, and Europe. There's been, by the way, several outbreaks of avian influenza, highly pathogenic avian influenza, in the United States. It just hasn't been talked about much because it's been controlled. One subspecies of influenza A, caused by the particular virus that scientists label H5N1, has proven particularly deadly among people who handle birds. It's killed nearly two-thirds of those in whom it's been diagnosed. Hardest hit, Indonesia and Vietnam. There's currently no natural immunity and no effective vaccine. H5N1 makes so many different animal species sick over such a wide area that some health professionals are concerned about a worldwide human pandemic. I have to stop it on that screen. This stuff just writes itself, Ron. You know what I'm saying? Do I need to say what I'm about to say? Chicken. Could be the death of you. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, as bad as you just saw that keeps that guy up late at night, the superbugs, the superviruses, even the avian bird flu right now are, folks, Jesus said that's nothing compared to what is to come. Listen to this one. Here's the big one that's coming down the pike that we've been warned about. Revelation chapter 6, verse 7 through 8. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal now, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come! I looked, and there before me was a pale horse, he said. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. Really cool thing in the Greek. It's like as fast as they died, the grave just came by. It's a very quick, horrible death. They were given power over how much? One-fourth of the earth to kill by the sword, to kill by famine, to kill by what? Plague and by the wild beasts of the earth. Very interesting. Maybe they're going to get eaten by wild beasts, but as we just saw with the latest trend of pandemics, maybe these wild beasts are animals that carry these diseases that begin to spread and help. What does it say there? It's going to annihilate in one shot one-fourth of the earth? Two billion people in one shot? I mean, could that really happen? It only can happen, folks. It is going to happen. In fact, maybe it's going to look something akin to this as we get ready to close. Let's take a look. Biochemical experts have...
victim found on board the plane is suspected of having the same contagious virus that has claimed the lives of over 200,000 people across the Far East. Fears have grown that the missing passengers who've already left the airport may be contaminated with a deadly virus that's already claimed one life in the UK. remaining cautious after a man collapsed and died in London's King's Cross station. It's believed to be the first confirmed case of the deadly flu virus in the UK. Modern travel by aircraft is a huge concern because, you know, you're in Hong Kong, you're at the epicenter, you know, the new outbreak, chicken flu outbreak, or SARS, you know, you're feeling all right, you get on the plane, now I was there a few weeks ago, get on the plane, Nine hours later, you're walking out of Heathrow, get on the tube system, you're in one of the biggest cities in the world, suddenly you're not feeling too well. You say, oh, jet lag. But you could be spreading a new virus. The last time Britain had to deal with a mass outbreak was when Spanish flu broke out in 1980. That made the bubonic plague, the Black Death, almost look like a picnic. It was the end of World War One and millions of soldiers returning home were spreading the disease worldwide. One of the classic outbreaks was a group of South African soldiers who returned home to Cape Town on the boat. They tried to quarantine them because they knew that this infection was already on the move. But how can you quarantine a group of 19-year-olds who survived? They wanted to go home. They wanted to go home and see their mothers, their girlfriends. They took the Western Railway Line the western coast they took the sidings they got home when they got there their parents called a party it was the homecoming party they would invite their friends and neighbors from 10 miles away they came by horse and cart but that weekend this virus spreading up the railway line exploded and a quarter of a million people died even all these years later exactly how many people died i think there's a consensus of 50 million but the upper limit might be as reach, might reach even 90 million. Despite warnings to stay indoors, many families are still trying to leave the infected areas. But with petrol stations closed, some people are resorting to stealing cars in order to flee the city. of one year, the total number of deaths is still inconceivable. Well, we know what the death count's going to be. It's going to be two billion people.
and all we're concerned about is the economy? People, what more does God got to do? Our world, our world is, it's being filled with sickness like never before. If we just look around and not be distracted. Yeah, we've always had pestilence. There's always been outbreaks of diseases, but nothing on the scale that we see today. Which means, again, if you're here today and you have yet to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are headed, remember the biblical rule, you're headed for reality worse than that. But here's the good news. You don't have to. That's why God, out of love, has given us all these signs. Even today, the rise of famines. Watch out. It's getting close. The rise of earthquakes. The rise of pestilence to show us that tribulation is near and Christ's second coming is rapidly approaching. And Christian, this is why our Lord and Savior, the great commander, the heavenly commander, the King of kings and the Lord of lords has told us, church, when you see these things, you should be excited. You should be motivated. You better stand up, look up your redemption. The one you say you love. The one you say you appreciate. The one you say, I will serve you till the day I die. I'll be a faithful soldier for you, Jesus. It's coming. And that means we need to be faithful. We need to put our differences aside. We need to start working together for the main object at hand. There's people who don't know Jesus. And we have the answer. But how will they know unless we tell them? But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I beg you, please, heed the signs. It's not by chance you're here. Heed the warnings. Give your life to Jesus today because tomorrow may be too late. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die, and it's coming for each one of us, we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. And so out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law, to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one, says this, you shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay. And if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar, okay? The, the, another commandment says you shall not steal, okay? Uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him. 
Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission, that's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart. You wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included. And that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. For instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, they certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime. Okay? Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you of your sins? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you do that now, wherever you are? Please, take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. 
please call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.